of what soul ties and old relationships. Isn't that amazing? The Lord that we seek and ask God for questions, and the Lord says to let go of this or let go of that and to move here, to move there. But sometimes we get nestled, nestled into a relationship that is so dear and precious to us that we cannot go and let go of it. You know, in chains and ponds to whatever our lot is. We're talking about me and my lot. Amen. And verse number one, Lot goes with Abram and his family. Is that not right? All right. Look at verse, in chapter 13. Let me, let me go over there for a minute. In chapter 13, I want you to look at this. In chapter 13, in verse one, it says, Lot goes with Abraham and his family. Verse 13. Chapter 13, verse 1, it says, And Abram went up out of Egypt, he put else and his wife, and, what? and all that he had, and what else? And Lot with him into the south. Let me just stop there. Who was Lot? Lot was Abraham's brother's child. Now, his brother had already gone on, had already, you know, passed. So, it meant that Abraham, Abram at that time, had a relationship with his nephew. So he did not want to leave him there and, uh, because he had, uh, you know, this kind of love for him. I don't want to let him go. And if you're raising a child, it's something how you get attached. Even though you know it's not your child and they got his mom is there taking care of him. But he's my brother's child, and we get a hold to him, and we don't want to let him stay with his mom and with his family because he had a wife and family. Just want him to lag behind because he's my favorite. Have you ever had a favorite nephew or niece or grandson or, you know, your, your best friend's child, and they become attached to you? They have a connection with you. They can call upon you as though you would, you know, the real thing, you know, and they could say, auntie, aunt, you know, whoever it is to you, please, they would rather go to you, you than go to their parents. They haven't had a relationship like that. I know I have. I have people that are not even my, my own siblings, nor my grandkids, my own Cousin or things like that, they would come to me first and go, Chesayana. You know, and my heart just yearns for them, and I give them what they need. And then I'll come back and ask and say, um, Did you share? And they say, No, let me share something with you about a relationship. When I first moved into this city, uh, there was another lady that moved also to this city, Oklahoma, and I <clears throat> established a relationship with her, and to this day, I love her passionately, she and her husband and their two children, and uh, at the time, she just had one little girl, and because, you know, her husband was still in another state, and I moved here, and I left my family in the other states, and we kind of bonded together. I love her. And one day, the lights in her apartment 
they all went out. And it was pitch black in there. So about one in the morning, I get this phone call. And she calls me, Mom Helen? I said, yeah. She says, the lights are on in my apartment. You need to come get me. And I said, okay. Put on my clothes, got up, went over to where she was, parked on the side of her truck, went inside, and I got her. Now, in the darkness, with just some moonlight, she was able to pack clothes for her and and her daughter, and they hopped into my car and would go over to my house, and she spends the night. Well, we worked at the same place. So that morning, we got up and got ready, dropped the baby off uh, to the daycare, and we went on to work. And at 5 o'clock, you know, we picked up the baby, and we went to her house, and so forth and so on. I love her. A friend of ours, she had mentioned to her about what had happened. Tell you about me and my life. And the thing of it is, the other lady, mutual friend, she said, why don't you just get in your truck and drive right on over to Helen's house? She said, I didn't think about it. I consider her to be a mom, and my mom come rescue me. So I parked right on the side of her truck. I didn't think about her truck. I didn't think about her driving over. The only thing I knew was that she was in need, and I was coming to her rescue. To this very day, this has been about 15, 16, maybe 18 years ago, to this very day, we talk about it, and our husband is also uh, a pastor and, and everything. We laugh to this day. We're talking about the bond that we had, and I did not want to see her go. We laugh about it. She lives in California, and I'm here in Oklahoma, and we laughed about it. And that's her testimony about a mother's love and once you're connected. So why are you, well, why are you saying that? I want you to know I understand why Abram took not. He wasn't obedient, but he did took his lot. So he had on me and my lot. Amen. So in chapter 13, verse number 1, it starts with lot goals with, his, with Abram and his family. In verse number 5, it says this, And lot also, which went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents. So in verse 5 of chapter 13, we're looking at lot has flocks and herds. Verse number seven, listen to this. And there was a strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle. And the Canaanites and the Parasites dwelled in as a land. So verse seven talks about there became strife with Lot and Abram. Well, if he hadn't taken his Lot with him, he would have had the strife. But when he took his Lot, Lot brought about strife. You're not getting me. It's called me and those things that I take with me after the Lord tells me not to take it. So I took Lot. And, you know, we have a lot of stuff, right? So we're talking about me and my lot of stuff that I took with me on my journey that I was supposed to let go. Amen? In verse number 8 and 9, Abraham suggests peace. Listen to this. And Abraham said, in verse number 8, said unto Lot, let there be no strife. Hey, bro, don't, don't let it be my favorite nephew. Paraphrasing it now. I pray thee between me and thee and between my husband and thy husband. So we be what? Brother. Oh, so here it is. Abram is telling. 
I will take the left hand, then I will go to the right. If thou depart to the right, then I will go to the left. So what he said, let's depart. Let's depart. So if I realize that there was strife between him and his uncle. Abraham took him to the next level and says, I don't want to be between me and you nor your husband, those that have you have working to take care of your stuff. I don't want any strife between it, all right? In verse number 10 and 11, Lot chooses what he wanted, right? So you have a great and awesome person, say in this case his uncle, that allowed him to take first choice. Amen? All right. And then what happened? Lot looks at it and says, oh, I'm going to get the best that I see. That's what it's all about. And look at verse number 11. It says, then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan. And Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves, the one from another. Then Abram, Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent towards Sodom. So what am I saying here? Abram gave him the best that he wanted. What, what do you mean the best that he wanted? The best that Lot wanted. He didn't say, hey, look, Matthew, you know, you played second in this, I'm first, I brought you along, you began to prosper because I'm prosperous, you're going to be prosperous. Because the Lord had already told Abel, whoever blesses you, I'm going to bless. And whoever curses you, I'm going to curse them. So Abram says to his, his nephew, he's saying, look, let's be peace. Because he knows that if there was bad strife, he would come under the heading of being cursed. And Abram did not want that. He wanted him to prosper and live long. Amen. So we know the story that Lot went over to another place, and Abram stayed at that one. Look at verse number uh, 14 through 18. Now, let me just say this. In verse number 18, well, back it up at 17, it says, Arise, walk to the land in the length of it and in the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. So even though Abram was at a different place, the Lord blessed that area that he went into. Because once the Lord bless you, no man can curse you. You know the story where Balak and Balaam, and Balak says, you know, I can't curse these people of God because God has blessed them. And, and Balaam said, go ahead and curse them, curse them, curse them, curse them. He said, but I can't do it. He said, the words that are coming out of my mouth are only to bless because God's people are blessed. Listen to this. If Abram had gone to Sodom and Gomorrah in that area, the law 
want to be. You know, but the real challenge is, oh, is she doing? Take this with you. Be careful now, but I'll wrap it up in foam and everything so that you won't break a plate or a cup. So while you're sitting there, have a cup of tea or coffee on me. And it's blessed. Blessed, blessed. It was blessed. And I said, the land that Abram chose, the Lord blessed him with it. Amen? Amen. Let's look at what the word lot means. Lot, the L-O-T word, it means a veil or covering. Did you get that? Oh, you followed me right now. So what it says, the garments used for coverings can be good or bad when you look at a covering. I'm not into covering. The wrong type in the wrong season could cause many problems. Can you agree with me? What about wearing an overcoat in 105 degrees? You'd be sweating up and down, right? And so I could cause you to get different kind of elements, all right? On the other hand, the right type of covering in the right season is most powerful. Do you agree with me? What about on a rainy day? you got your umbrella, your raincoat, your rain cap, and galoshes on, right? And you get your little boots on to protect you, that your feet won't get wet. You got the umbrella to help keep the rain from you, or you look at another person that's standing, both of you are standing on that corner waiting for a bus or to cross, and somebody with a bad attitude come and splash water on you, they get drenched, and you go, I have a shield around me. Captain Kirk, you put the shield up, okay? But the thing of it is, you're protected, amen? What about a raincoat and rain boots? with no rain. Do you think you'll be kind of hot and sweaty? And they're asking you, what's wrong? What's wrong? And you look at that person, you say, why do they got that umbrella? Why do they got that raincoat and those rain boots on? And, it's, and you look up in the sky, you're trying to see if there's a cloud by the side of a man's head. Okay. So you look there looking at the cloud to see if there's a dark cloud or rain cloud or something up there to cross this person and it's just hot. And everything you said, boy, they are dressed inappropriate for that season. Amen? Now, look at the company you keep, and they are a type of covering. Yes, they are. Look at your lifestyle. It covers you in the good and the bad time. All right. The friends that we keep could be a type of covering, you know, because you can look at a group of people, and you will make a judgmental statement, even though we shouldn't be judging. But you'll look at it, and I should say make an assessment. That's a little better word of it. And, uh, and uh, assess what type of people that they are. Now, you know the games with their colors and uh, the thuds and the hoodlums and, you know, the different ones. You can kind of tell by the way they are dressed. Amen? And you can look at students in high school or elementary or wherever, and you can tell the company that they are keeping because of uh, 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 the covering that they have, the words coming out of their minds, out of their mouths, rather, and the people that they're hanging with. Let me tell you something. As teachers, they will call a parent and say, look, your child is one that sticks with this card and they're studying and they're doing it, but all of a sudden I saw them veering to the left or to the right with this kind of person. I want you to be aware of it because that person will cook with them and take them to a land that they it's hard to get back from. So a parent has that ability to go and snatch them back from the bad topic, which is a type of covering. Amen? What does the Bible say about covering? In the book of Isaiah, chapter 16, verses 3 and, and 10, it says, To appoint unto them 